Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the leftist podcast dedicated to the reevaluation of your favorite crappy films. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. And it took us exactly two episodes into 2020 to get a real piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, piece of shit, that's relevant to this film, and we'll circle back (laughs) to that, actually. Um, Literally, like literally a piece of shit. So no, we're not doing the Emoji Movie again, which is not a piece of shit, but does feature a piece of shit. Yeah, Emoji Movie is much better than the film we're currently doing. Um, This is the uh, ski stoner sex comedy out cold from the year 2001 19 years ago man oh man um it was released in yeah, it was released in november so this is like immediately post 9-11 damn just imagine watching this movie like <laughs> at the height of like w being like yeah we're gonna we're gonna go in and save the world and everything yeah and like you, you just go to see this yeah i mean so I guess I saw it years later. I think I saw it on DVD, and then I've seen it on TV. Um, okay. So, folks, I uh, I brought this film to your doorsteps, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. I mean, in, in fairness, if I had known about this movie, um, because if I had caught it on Comedy Central in the middle of the night, back during my college years, it, it, I would have proposed this movie myself yeah. for the show. No, that's, that's fair enough. Um, we do have that in common. Uh, although I guess uh, I had that stint of my life a little bit before you because I had a cousin who liked a lot of these like yes. crappy sex comedies. Um, so yep. I watched them like before college and yours is kind of like being at home, being like just drunk and after work watching these, right? Yeah, like immediate, immediately post-college. I, sp- I spent, oh, here everybody, let's let's learn a little bit about <laughs> Nick's life. Um, like my, for the, ho- the my whole immediate year after graduating college, like the entire time I was like 23, I just lived at my parents' house, drinking too much, playing too many video games, watching shit movies just like this until like four in the morning. So that this this was nostalgic for me, and but in a very weird way. Right, right, because you actually hadn't seen this film before, but it was the, the same caliber exactly. of films that you would have watched. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I will say, uh, just to give maybe uh, a little bit of backstory for me, now that you've uh, poured your heart out, this is when <laughs> you and I became friends around that same time when you were living. Uh, at yeah. your, your parents' house. Yeah, I mean, we we were friends, but this is when we first got close and bonded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I would come visit you, and we would yep. sometimes watch shitty movies, sometimes watch good movies. Uh, Although, like, you introduced me to to things like um, like Wings of Desire. Yes, yes. So, like, we we have this amazing movie that's one of your favorite movies that that I really really enjoyed myself, and then we have Out Cold. <laughs> so, like, it's, <laughs> It's all the same. Oh, to say. yeah. That is a cultural exchange right there, folks. Yeah, it's cultural exchange. Um, yeah, so this film was directed by uh, two directors I've never heard of. Um, they're called the Malloys. They're brothers, mm-hmm. Emmett and Brendan. Emmett and Brent. That's It's so good. It's so appropriate for this movie, too. <laughs> um, they're music video directors. Um, they also have made some music documentaries. They've made two about Jack Johnson and one about the White Stripes. I think. God. And that's... Oh, and that's then they so made bad. a fiction film called The Tribes of Paulos Verdes in 2017. Weird. Yeah. I'm, giving, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a brief overview of their music video work. They've actually done quite a few. Um, it's, it's, it's bad. It's like Vampire Weekend, like Weezer, um, Jack Johnson. Yeah. Um, yeah, just not a lot. 
Ben folds. Like, what the Ugh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of it is, I imagine, bands that we hear their music in this film as well. I yes. Mean, like Weezer, their song Island in the Sun plays a big part in this film. Um, yes. I think there's Jack Johnson song. I can't remember. I mean, I'm not a big Jack Johnson fan, but like, I know I, I, what his songs are like, at least. I think some of the ambient guitars in this movie were probably Jack Johnson. Yeah, that's possible. But yeah, people actually appearing in this movie... Um, not many you'd know. Yeah. There's, there's um, Jason London, AJ Cook, Lee Majors, Willie Garson, Zach Galifianakis, David Koechner, the two big ones. Yeah. Um, Flex Alexander, David Denman, Carolyn Dov, Dovma, Dover, Doverna. I have no idea. Yeah. That sounds good. Uh, Derek Hamilton, Thomas, Le- Thomas Lennon, Victoria Silvstedt, and Todd Richards. Yeah, I've never heard of any of these people no. besides the two. Well, Galifianakis, Keckner, and Thomas Lennon, because he was on um, Reno Nine One One. And Lee Majors sounds vaguely familiar too. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, he was—I think he was like the Million Dollar Man. Or, um, he was like famous. Yeah, he he was the six six million six million dollar man. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So no, he he was the six million dollars man's boss. Yes, Steve Austin, which is a right, joke right. from Forty Year Old Virgin. Yes. <laughs> Because he has the he has the doll, is the, which yeah. is another type of movie that that fits in with this. Mm-hmm. It does, except people like that one. Uh. <laughs> that one's yeah, that one's actually funny and has like a decent message to the heart of it. Yeah, I think. yeah. Although people kind of liked this film, um, so you wouldn't know it if you looked at the box office. So the budget is twenty four million, box office pull of fourteen point eight million. Jesus, uh, tomato meter eight percent, audience yep. score eighty four percent. That is probably the biggest divergence we've yes, ever had. I think so. That's a factor of what seventy six, like, <laughs> something ridiculous like that. A difference of seventy six. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I and I get it. Like like we were describing with the whole Comedy Central stoner affect. Um, th- this is this might be like my go to ultimate example of of like a Comedy Central uh, prime time or not prime time daytime. Um, stoner movie um just everything from like the music choices to to the types of jokes told to the the general plot to like the brisk running time it all it 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 fits that type of movie yeah for sure i mean there's more well-known films like um road trip or euro trip those kind of films um we do have a review here by robert elder of the chicago tribune uh, it's a really strange review, and I kind of just, uh, <laughs> it's just chopped and screwed. I just took some random bits from it. Um, the guy just waffles back and forth. Like, one minute he's yeah. like, it's great. One minute he's like, it's not that great. Um, so, Which, to be fair, probably not intentional, but befitting of this film. <laughs> That's true. So Robert Elder writes, any movie that adapts Casablanca, yes, folks. We'll get into that more. Uh, we'll get into that part. <laughs> any movie that adapts Casablanca into a ski bum comedy can't be all bad. Interesting premise. <laughs> yeah, interesting, interesting thesis there. And for the most part, Out Cold isn't. This sophomoric little gimmick picture, although at times serving as no more than a showcase for daredevil snowboarding, proves enough power, powder power to keep audiences laughing even over the rocky parts. Oof, good good ski metaphor there, yeah, Bob. Yeah, keeps <laughs> going, unfortunately, with that. Um, directors Brendan and Emmett Malloy make their feature debut here, showing their strengths in montages, no doubt informed by their experience on surfing documentaries and videos for the bands Blink-182 and Foo Fighters. 
As with most eye candy directors, bred in quick cut captivity, think MTV, their brothers fall short during dramatic and comedic deliveries. Um, so then the last little bit here, uh, closing out his review, he says, despite a clever script that is an original twist or two, <laughs> okay, uh, Out yeah. Cold doesn't ever quite seem to elevate itself above the 80s youth against the establishment genre film, no matter how many half-naked shenanigans get mixed in with his this comedic Casablanca. So... Um, He's really pushing the Casablanca. He's really pushing there. the Casablanca. Really pushing that angle. Element. Yeah, um, um, it's there, folks, but it's really dumb. That's about as much as can be said for it. It's there. Yeah. Uh, Lord knows why, but it's there. I mean, if you're like a dumb film guy and you get a chance to make like your favorite stoner comedy with with some of some comedians that you like, like I could I could just envision someone like that getting a little pretentious with it and throwing in the art art quote-unquote artsy references to casablanca yeah i'm sure um maybe we have to watch all the music videos by the malloys and see if they throw <laughs> casablanca references in each one of them yeah i'll get right on that they, they also have um they also have uh kid rock on here nice <laughs> Some, like metallica and shit that's amazing wow yep um, yeah, so for the most part, you know, Robert Elder is not wrong with his review. Um, the direct, these guys are not good at their dramatic uh, shooting style. They're not good at a comedic shooting no. style. Um, no. It's poorly shot and edited all around besides, like he says, the daredevil snowboarding tricks. Yeah, and, and that's where, I mean, to, to, to throw them all as a bone, that's kind of where their, their strengths come out. Like they there's these like sweeping helicopter shots of like i don't know if it's extras that are that are, like stuntmen or whatever but doing cool snowboarding tricks and it looks like a goddamn music video mm-hmm. yeah I, th- I think it's stunt people because they and the list on imdb was like almost 40 to 50 people in the stunts department so sure. I, yeah. there's no way these guys could actually skate yeah I, I don't not to not to malign galifianakis but i don't think he can do like crazy <laughs> s- snowboarding like ssx 360 tricks no probably not and well in the bloopers at the end of the movie it shows right. that like at least uh jeremy london or you know the sorry this is jason london sorry jeremy london is jason london's twin brother from mall Rats. that's another big thing <laughs> to this movie they're they're fraternal they're identical twins jeremy and jason london and uh the one that isn't in this one was the one that was in mall Rats. yeah yeah and he actually had a less successful career. So Jason, who's in this movie, had a more su- successful, in quotation marks, career. He's in a lot of, like, sci-fi original movies now. Hell yeah. But his brother's in Hell almost yeah. nothing. I think his brother had a drug problem. He did, yeah. I think they yeah. both did. Yeah. Not uncommon. One of them was on, like, Celebrity Rehab, I think, on, like, VH1. I think that was the Mallrats one. Was it the Mallrats one? Okay. I think so. Yeah. I remember hearing that. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so we're really avoiding talking about this movie, <laughs> <laughs> aren't we? Like even worse than usual, I feel. But we, it has to be done. Yeah, just for for the pod. So, um, pod, should we pod give save like a, Procon? <laughs> pod save me, please. Yeah. Um, should we give? I guess the bare bones plot description of this film. Sure. Yeah. It, it's it's as generic a ski, eighties nineties ski comedy as you can get. Um, Except it's in the two thousands. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that—that's like the only difference tonally. I yeah. guess like, it's probably the last one, honestly. I mean, I'm thinking that there's like a South Park episode where they make fun of this kind of movie. That's the only other thing I can think of. Yes, that I know. Came, yeah, yeah. That came after that when they go in the timeshare episode. 
Um, yes, the parents are always in yeah, the timeshare, yeah, yeah. and the kids are just learning how to ski. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so a group, group of kind of stoner buddy friends that live in a small Alaska town. Um, they work at the ski resort, the ski snowboard resort. They love their jobs. Um, but then a big industrialist, big mean 80s Reaganite like developer comes in and wants to transform the whole town and develop everything and, and take away the mountains, the mountain spirit and like, and just kind of kill their way of life. So they all have to rally together and, and stop him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's it. Yeah. You, you know. And the, that, that corporate guy is played by Lee majors. Um, yep. the, uh, the, the ski bums are the character, uh, Rick Rambis played by uh, Jason London. Um, Zach Kilfinox's character of Luke, um, what's the, Derek Hamilton's pig pen and pig pen. Flex Alexander's Anthony. Those are kind of the, the main core of the, uh, the ski bums mm-hmm. and Jenny um, as well played by AJ cook, the token girl, yeah, the token cool girl, um, who weirdly is like throwing herself at Rick. And, and this is kind of where the Casablanca thing comes in. Um, she's throwing herself at Rick, but he's like, yeah, I, I'm just not feeling it. Whatever. I'm kind of, kind of, kind of wishy-washy um because he there was a like the girl who got away when he was on spring break the year before right yeah he was in cancun mexico and he met this girl anna um mm-hmm. and actually this is a part of the film i like when he does the little flashback yes. like i did too yeah. I that job. <laughs> all the green screenshots yeah so so Pigpen, who's the dumb friend of the group is like come on man don't you want to score like what you're always why are you so so like you're always looking off in the distance what, lately what's up and Rick's like, fine, if I tell you, just shut up about it. And then he he gets all wistful. And he, he he we we see his flashback as he's like narrating what happened. Um and, and the Weezer song kicks in. Yeah, and then like in the flashback, it's just like dog shit CGI. Yeah, it's it's amazing. <laughs> like they're on like a tandem bicycle and it's like obviously stationary and there's a green screen behind yeah. them um they're, yeah. they're on <laughs> they're on the, the the um a paddle boat yeah the paddle boat that was good and then they're on the surfboard that's the best one because they're like standing on the surfboard yes. and he's like hugging her <laughs> it's like it's like um it's like that gif or that clip from um the adam west batman when him and the joker are doing the surfboard contest yes. yeah <laughs> it, looks, it looks just like that. they're just like standing still going whoa like yeah it's great um and the bar that they meet is called Pedro O'Horny's, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, like, we basically what this does is it sets up that Rick had a fling with a woman who he finds out later is engaged. Right. And it it gives her her own leap motive, um, which they like the Weezer song, the aforementioned Weezer song, which is, is called like Island in the Sun. Island or in the Sun, yeah, yeah, which came out the it's same year, two thousand one. Crappy song. Mm-hmm. We all know it. Um, and they always play it whenever she walks in or whenever they have like a tender moment together. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it should be uh, mentioned that he, uh, his name is Rick, and that is also the name of Humphrey Bogart's character in Casablanca. So like, yes. they really want you to get it. Like, they really just they keep poking you. Like, do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? Right, right. I mean, I didn't. I didn't because I never saw Casablanca, so well, like yeah. that was wasted I mean, on me. You're, you're a um, um, Philistine over that's, here. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we have we have like the whole situation set up. Oh, there's that. There, there are a couple other characters worth mentioning. There's um, Pam's boyfriend in from the Office TV show, oh, The American yes. Office. Mm-hmm. He plays 
a walking gay panic joke. Yes, that's David Denman, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he basically he, he's the bartender at the lo- at the local saloon, um, and I mean I guess like to this movie's credit, a, co- a stoner comedy movie coming out in two thousand one, it is relatively sympathetic because like he's portrayed as trying to overcompensate for being gay, but when he does come out within the film as gay. All the other characters are like, oh, great, man. Like, just do what makes you feel good. Like, live live your life. Yeah, they do, like, the but, raised fist salute. Like, the power yeah. fist. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And then he does it, and he does, like, the limp wrist thing. That was, like, that was which just is, a little too much. Which is where the bullshit comes yeah. in. Because they, they are ultimately homophobic. The, the, the whole humor is predicated on homophobic, like, gay panic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean... One of the first lines Zach Galifianakis has, he says the the three letter F word. Like he just like drops it. Yes, there there's a lot of casual slur usage in this movie that, um, admittedly, I I would have found hilarious as like as like an eleven year old boy. I probably but, did um, when I saw it. I mean, yeah, to be but it, it it has not aged well to put it mildly. No, I mean they say the R word like a thousand times. Lee Major's character calls one character that's a, the R word. That's a running bit yeah. with him, Lee Major. Yeah, I mean at least twenty um, times. I guess the other character is David Koechner. He plays. He's. What is he? No <laughs> idea. He's just yeah. like a maintenance a wild guy. I don't man. know. I mean, he just. Does, he's the narrator of the. He film. He's the narrator of the film. Yeah. He introduces and closes the movie. He's kind of like. He's analogous to like um oh god what's this the the, the gopher character from uh, from the golf movie, Happy, not Happy Gilmore. Happy um, Gilmore is is Adam Sandler golf film. Yes. No, no, Water no, no, no. Boy. I'm, I'm thinking Bill Murray's character. Oh, from yes, yes, yes. Caddyshack. Caddyshack, yeah. Man, he, he, we're on it today, guys. We got yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this movie made us dumb. Um, but he, he's kind of like this like weird, goofy maintenance man yeah. mm-hmm. who just pops up randomly and does like crazy, wacky shit. Mm. He's always wearing shorts, and uh, you know they're in Alaska, yep. so that's the joke. Also, he's the most woke character of this movie. That's true. Cause <laughs> one, of, one of his running jokes is... Um, Oh yeah, we we white men just stole stole all of our tr- customs and traditions from the Eskimos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like not untrue, I guess. Yeah, they're like um, they say something about the Papa Munts character who um, it's his ski resort, Bull Mountain right. ski resort. He's like he he got it the old fashioned way, stealing it from the Eskimos. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was fun. I actually think him and then the only African American character, um, Anthony played by Flex Alexander. I think they're the only ones who mention like the Eskimos and like stealing the land. Yeah. I mean the, the fact that that showed up in a stoner comedy ski movie, it was shocking to me at all. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah, they're, they're the only ones that mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's it. Oh, Oh, I guess there's like the, the sex pot character, the Lee majors, it should be mentioned, Lee Major's stepdaughter is Anna. Yes. Which compli- which complicates Rick's position as a prospective manager for the new takeover. Right. Mm-hmm. And that Lee Major's other stepdaughter is um uh what was her name? Inga is the character's Inga, name. Inga, yeah. yeah. She she's like the stereotypical, like oversexed European blonde yeah, character. She's like Swedish or something. Anna's French. Yeah. Anna makes a joke. She's like, Oh, my father thinks he's Napoleon conquering Europe. Yeah, his first wife was English. My mother's French, and uh, what's her face? Inga's is Swedish, or something like that. Right, right. Um, so we have all the pieces set up. Um, I guess from like a plot perspective, not much happens. Like, mm-hmm. no. Lee Ma- Lee Majors wants to develop the small town. He starts doing so. He imports a lot of um, 
2001 cultural signifiers of snobby yeah. of snobbery lattes like, um, lattes is a big <laughs> one they, they got a lot of mileage out of lattes are for snobs or for or for gays like angle yeah um like a, a, a sushi and sashimi bar oh that's another right one. Mm-hmm. yeah at the end of the movie um, yep. Yeah, and, and and so like the, and the wine the bar, become, they turn yeah they yes. turn the bar their like local tavern into a wine bar exclusively. And everyone's dressed, yeah, and everyone's like dressed up in like suits and tuxedos and evening gowns at the bar. So yeah, like again, not much happens. Um, the the meat of the we like I guess like the two dramatic paths that we have are um the 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 good snowboarders and skiers trying to prevent. Um, Lee Majors from taking over Bull Mountain, and then Rick trying to decide who he wants to be with. Yeah, um, Anna or Jenny. Jenny. Yeah, yeah. And that's the problem. Like, her character is very forgettable, but he, that's the girl sh- he's supposed to end up with. Yes the the movie positions Jenny from the beginning as the girl that Rick should be with, um, but then throws in this this wrench this the spanner in the works with Anna and most of Rick's on-screen time is with Anna, not with Jenny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, every scene he has with Jenny is like maybe two seconds, like on the slopes. And then like, he walks her to her house or he walks her like out of her house. Like that one time when she goes to get like, do her laundry. Like it's, it's so strange. The moments they picked for them to like actually interact with each other. Well, that was when he was apologizing to her for, um, for just failing to show up at the date that they had yeah. previously agreed but there's to. there's like a weird rhythm to it. It's like, are you oh, going to yeah, see yeah, like a scene weird. where they're on the slopes or are you going to see a scene where they're in the bar together or are you going to see a scene where they're like outside her house? And, it, you know, of course it's because like those are the sets they have, right? And that's like the places they right. have permits to shoot. But it's just like, yeah, I don't know. It's really strange. Yeah, it's... um, And like, I, I guess if you want to take the perspective that like the Casablanca angle, like the the tragically bittersweet romance that that doesn't come to fruition angle like it you could say that it makes more sense that he spends more time with anna in the runtime but um that is undercut by having him get jenny as the consolation prize right i mean exactly that's that's where it deviates from casablanca as well because like there's only ingrid bergman's character like i don't think there's another love interest for bogart in that movie to the best of my knowledge like just that that's one of those plots that I, I kind of just gained through cultural osmosis i i don't think so either yeah it's actually a really interesting film because uh bogart's character was like he's supposed to be like this like neutral guy like he doesn't get involved in political conflicts but he actually like ran guns for the ethiopians when like italy invaded ethiopia i mean isn't he he's an american yeah he's an american he is it Egypt or is it uh, Algiers, Morocco? Algiers. Casa- okay. Well, Casablanca. It's in Casablanca, but I don't know where that is. I think that's okay. I think that's uh, Morocco. Let's go with Morocco. We're, it's Morocco. We're, we're gonna teach. We're gonna teach our audience, and we're gonna teach ourselves <laughs> where Casablanca. Is. I think it's in Morocco. Um, but yeah, so his character was one a gun runner for the Ethiopians, and then also he like fought for the loyalists in the Spanish Civil War, like canonically in the film. Uh, and then he also fights against like the Vichy government and and then the Nazis. Like that's like that's the thrust of the movie. Like is these like papers he has. Oh, yeah. So like he's a woke king. Yeah, it's it's in Morocco by the it's way. It's in Morocco. Bam! Um, I knew it. <laughs> I wasn't all that confident, but yeah. So I mean, like that. I I was aware that the that the Rick Humphrey Bogart character from from the movie Casablanca. They, 
he's an American that is fighting fascism. Yeah, yeah. Um, which adds a lot more political resonance to the goings-on um, in, in kind of places that movie in the time and place in, in when it in, in which it occurs um, that, that's just like such a potent example of why I guess I guess like slapping the cultural signifiers of Casablanca onto this crappy stoner movie um, doesn't work yeah on like so many levels yeah. because this this movie has no politics to speak of mm, um, no it, it has warmed over microwave like 80s Reaganite small businesses are good affects right. to it, mm-hmm. um, but it, it 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 isn't aware of that. It it can't it can't speak it into existence, and um, it it's just really really annoying and dumb. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a problem. Just as we've said previously about other uh, films that we've reviewed, people know like the minor or major beats of Casablanca. They know like the mm-hmm. quotes, and that's like yep the cultural memory that most people have of that film. Yes. Um, so that's why it's easy to like, just slap this shit on to a ski comedy. We, we touched upon that in our Godfather part three episode. Right. Um, specifically my experiences with watching Godfather's part one and two in preparation for that. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, even like what's particularly gone about this episode, like this instance is like, even in the context of like just a romance without any of the greater grander political aspects going on it it's just so unearned and it's so like like arrogant yeah of these people to do that like <laughs> it is i, I don't i don't want to like subscribe to the idea that like some art is great and can't be touched and like because it's great but like it's fucking casablanca and if you're gonna do that at least yeah. try harder mm-hmm. Uh, I love when he does the um, all the gin joints in all the towns in in the world line, but it's like uh, what does he say? All all the bars and all the ski towns in the world, yes. um, and like they they like they do a close up of uh, whichever London brother it is. I keep forgetting now. I think it's Jason. I don't care. Um, Rick. Yeah, Rick. They do this close up of Rick, and he, he's in profile, and everything else is like out of focus. And he says that line and like it's supposed to mean something to people. But I think most people who even saw the movie like probably didn't mean anything to like if you're making this for teenagers, it's going to be fairly meaningless. (laughs) This movie is really aggravating, too, because it's rated PG-13. Yeah. And um, Mm -hmm. and like you were saying, it's it's too tame for college students. It is. And it's um, it's too undeservedly artsy fartsy for like 13 year olds yeah mm-hmm. and if it was r like it probably would have made more than 14.8 million dollars it definitely would have if if not not that i'm like advocating for this but just from like a purely cynical perspective like if it had a couple boob shots and some like worse swearing in it like yeah. it would have done better is mm-hmm. my, my understanding is that it did um so there's a scene yep. where zach galifianakis uh his character of Luke and the um, the Swedish sex spot character of Inga, they're in a hot tub, and um, he's like, "Oh, us Americans, we have a saying. It's like no brains, no headache." Um, and then she's like, "We have a saying in Sweden: no uh, bikini top, no tan lines." And then she takes her bikini top off. Right. right. Uh, my understanding is that in the R-rated, the original cut of this film, there are boob shots, but they cut it out for the PG-13 rating. I'm really surprised there wasn't an unrated cut, like a direct, because they, they did that all the time with these movies, yeah. like 40, 40 year old virgin. They, right. they had the unrated cut mm-hmm. and, they, and they do, they do that. Then 
Yeah, I don't, like they do that to boost DVD sales exactly. for sure with these, with these kinds of things. Yeah. Um, Maybe just too forgotten, and the Malloys like don't give a shit. And whoever distributed uh, Touchstone Pictures yeah, and Spyglass, I don't think they gave a shit either. So yeah, that's fair. <laughs> God, what else? What what are some of the good comedy bits? Because like, I, I guess with these kinds of movies, these stoner Comedy Central specials, like there is no plot. It's just like a. It's it's like the the bare skeleton of of conflict and right. then a series a series of uh, bits in between exactly. kind of stringing everything together. Yeah. Um well I guess like the first bit that then sets up um one of the more absurd moments in this film is the uh King of the Mountain run yes. um where they all uh board I guess it's called bo- do you board down when you do snowboarding do you board down a mountain? I don't know. I think I think snowboard is fine. Okay, but when you snowboard, if, if you want to be mountain. cool and hip and with it, you would say, "Yeah, we're gonna go board yeah, down the mountain." Yes, yeah, so these guys they go board <laughs> down this mountain and they hold uh, these steins of beer, and uh, yes. you have to keep the uh, beer in your glass as you go down the the mountain. And this is mm-hmm. where you know the Malloys shine. The stunt work is good. Um, there's a funny bit where like yeah. one guy does like a flip and he's holding the beer, um, and like you think, "Oh, the, all the like the liquid's gone," and he disqualifies himself, but like he, like he still has. The the beer it is dying it's just like funny yes. shit like that um there, there's a very obvious like stoner comedy bit where where jenny flashes one of pig pen she flashes pig, pig pen, pen yeah to because pig pen's doing well and he's gonna win and then that because they're like oh there's no rules it's just like whoever can get to the bottom with the most beer wins so yeah and, she, um, and but of course you know she has a bra on even there yeah. like that's maybe where they could have gotten the r rating again not that we're advocating that but like yes, it's the obvious the, place <laughs> um the way the way rick wins this this contest is actually kind of clever yeah that's true um he he before he starts board he, before he starts boarding um <laughs> he he takes a gigantic swig of beer and he keeps it in his mouth and when he gets to the bottom he spits it back out into the mug yeah yeah so that's how he wins because it's presumably like i can't imagine anyone can most people could really snowboard with a an, an open glass of liquid right no i i really doubt it um but then, so they go to the bar after this, and Zach Gilfinakis, uh passes out, and they're like, what are we going to do with him? And his brother, Pigpen is his brother, and he's like, get yes. me uh, 10 pounds of salt, uh, paint, and something else I don't remember. Yeah. Um, and then they put him somewhere outside. In the morning, we see Zach Gilfinakis with his pants down, uh, yes. sitting in a snowbank, and then yes. a polar bear comes over. Uh, and the uh, polar bear uh, nuzzles up to his groin area, and uh, we uh, close up on his face, and it's as if he is, uh, uh, you know, having a delightful experience. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I tweeted this image actually. Yeah. <laughs> this, it, it, it's the stuff you giggle about with 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 your with your buddies when you're in eighth grade. The, the night after you watch the day the day after you watch this movie, it would be like yeah, the other one or two things that i someone would talk about i think after exactly, yeah. seeing this film um the uh the polar bear blowjob and then the uh, jacuzzi blowjob as well right um when when zach galifianakis is trying to hook up with inga um she she basically says oh not tonight and she goes inside um and of course he's, he's all horned up and everything um and he accidentally brushes his erect presumably erect dick against one of the the jacuzzi jets and it feels really good so he starts fucking the jacuzzi jet 
but then his dick gets stuck. Yeah. And then he like he he hits the controls and it puts on like auto drain. Um so like yes. the yes. jacuzzi drains and it also like I guess puts it his dick further in the jet hole. <laughs> I don't know. That's- there's also a sign yeah, that says like don't put foreign objects in the jacuzzi hole. The second I saw that sign, I'm like I I am annoyed with myself for for like seeing exactly how <laughs> this is going to play out because that is exactly how it played out. Yeah. But then that does set up the funny thing for the morning the next day because yes. he's like freezing um and they in Je- it's it's Jenny walks by and she's like oh you need help whatever. So Jenny goes to get David Keckner the the almighty all powerful janitor to come get him out and um, stumpy the David, character's name is stumpy stumpy that's <laughs> it yeah he um he takes out rubbing alcohol and um like this giant pair of like hedge clippers yeah. <laughs> and of course galifianakis is like oh, oh he's like mugging like just going crazy but then um keckner or stumpy he takes the hedge clippers and he cuts a lime in yeah. half and he he sucks on the lime and then he takes a shot of the rubbing <laughs> alcohol. Which is, that was that was that good. Was that was good. funny. Yeah. He has the best moments. I mean, those two have the yeah. best moments in general in this film. They're like I was saying that the two of them. Um, I'm not particularly a huge fan of Zach Galifianakis, but like he he's noticeably better at this than anyone else on screen with him. Yeah. Um. And any any of the other actors his age on screen with him, he, he's just like a better actor. He has better com- comedic timing. Um, and, and I do like David Koechner. He He's like a staple of these kind of stoner comedy movies. He's in that movie Waiting. Right. Um, the restaurant movie, which is better than you would think, um, especially the way like it depicts service industry work. Right, right. Um, and like food work. And he, he plays the, um, the, man, the manager of that location. He's like just perfect in that role. Nice. Yeah, people like Waiting, so we can't do that one, but we can maybe do Waiting too. <laughs> Still, still waiting. Still waiting. Yeah, maybe. Yes. I don't know if people like that one or not. Uh, Andy Melanakis yeah. is in those movies. Yes, uh, Dane Cook is in the yeah, first one. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so back to this movie. Um, this, this, what else is there to talk about? Oh, the poop joke. The I poop guess. joke. Yeah, funny. we did tease that one a bit, so we might as well talk about it. Um, so there's a moment where uh, Lee Majors is getting fed up with the ski bums. Um, he wants to get some of them fired, so he does a random drug test. Um, right. So there, this old nurse hobbles out, and she's like, you know, pee in the cups, boys, or tinkle in no, the cups, no, she, boys. She says, go to the bathroom in these. Yeah, yeah. But the other guy says tinkle, though. Like, uh, Thomas Lennon's character does say the word tinkle. I could have sworn, like, I was only half paying attention at this point, but I could have sworn, like, the dialogue was, go to the bathroom in this cup, because it's sufficiently ambiguous. Yeah, but no, it's weird, because he does say tinkle, which, like, takes away the ambiguity which like this scene leans on or is, you know, supposedly does. Um, So what happens next is we see all the characters um, we know. And like, there's a few characters who I don't know in there. Like there's the one Asian guy. It's like, who is this person? We haven't seen him the whole um, time. I guess like the implication is that like we, we have our core, our core group of five snowboarders who like work there and then they're like the, the main people, but there's also like, a fair number of other employees. I, th- I think they were just trying to reinforce that. Yeah. Um, so they all, uh, you know, they put their little uh, pea cups on the tray. Um, but Pigpen, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, um, I guess he didn't get the memo. Um, uh, he, um, he poops in a cup. Um, 
And there is a... Uh, it's so childish, <laughs> but it's so funny. There's a, a small little turd. It's a big-ass yeah. turd. It's overflowing. Yeah. It's, it's like bent in the cup, too. Yeah. It's like bent over the yeah. lid. The lid. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I also like the way the pig pen actor does it like he, he doesn't like mug for the camera no. when he puts Mm-mm. it down he, he just puts it down and like trudges away because he's pissed off he has to do right. this right this, this is normal this is what he thinks you're supposed to do um yeah, yeah. that's the only thing i remember about this film actually um i mean it, it's a striking image it looks yeah. it, it looks like real fit poop. it does look like, like it, real poop. It, it's, a, it's a good prop it's a good poop prop. yeah mm-hmm. for some reason i remembered it being like a steaming poop <laughs> it looked like it would be steaming yeah. and if i was 13 or 14 years old and i watched this and i was remembering it now in my mind my mind would have like translated it into it was a steaming piece yep. of poop yep so that's what i did totally. exactly because i when i rewatched it i was like can't wait to see the steaming poop and i was like damn it's not steaming i was disappointed another little bit that i really liked um so this happens well after like the town is being gentrified i guess like the the town lee majors is like his his plans are in full swing and part of that involves shipping in a bunch of new employees and a bunch of investors um so the 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 boys and jenny can't go to their bar because it's like it's it's all tuxedoed up and like it's a it's a wine bar and like you 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 can't party here like a a very slobs versus snobs thing Mm -hmm. so they have a house party yes Um, and they, it's 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 just like Zach Galifianakis in like Pigpen and and someone else like just like getting high, um, they're smoking from a bong, and then one of the one of the bougie like frat boys that that's one of the employees he runs over he's like oh man, what what is this like like Eskimo liquor and he chugs the bong yes <laughs> and then he's like, but then he but then he um he clearly thinks it's gross but he without missing a beat he's just like yeah I know I'm ready to party. <laughs> He just pre- he like pretends that it like worked on him, which was it was pretty yeah. funny. And um, it's a pretty raucous house party too, because um, earlier in the scene they steal like um, the the rope and stanchions at the club, right? Um, so like and the mechanical and bull. the mechanical bull, right? Yeah. So like they have this line out the door, and they're like, "Oh, if you're if you live in town, you get him for free, but if you're someone from out of town you have to pay 40 bucks like that you know that like ski douche he has to pay 40 bucks to get in um they're all Hell like yeah. dancing and they're doing the mechanical bull stuff um I, th- I think that's the closest this movie has to like any sense of politics um we we i i, I brought it up earlier but like um the privatization big business coming in to take over from the mom and pop operation that's um that's running things on, on a local level um not super leftist because like it, it, it kind of sides with like the the small business tyrant right, mindset exactly yeah but i mean it, it's there it's something it's i i don't know i i've had bad experiences with small businesses in my in my time but um i'm I'm not particularly sympathetic to either side here no Mm-mm. yeah um and like all the people suck like the ski bum people suck too so uh it's a lose-lose really <laughs> um i mean I, I guess there is the the aspect where when ann is and his fiance character is introduced. Um, he's in a wheelchair, so they can't beat him up. That that was kind of funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, but he he's like handsome. He's dashing. He's a doctor and a pilot. And like, um, because he's a pilot, he when Pigpen, when when all of the friends get fired except for Rick, basically, right? Um, they they don't know what to do, and they mention that their uncle works on an oil refinery, 
off the coast of That's Alaska. That's right, yeah, in Nome, Alaska, specifically. Yeah, and, and Rick's, Rick's like, I can fly you there. Um, this has given this movie way too much credit, but it, it kind of touches on, like, terminal joblessness and, and the precarious nature of, of service industry work. Yeah. This movie uh, predicted the financial crisis of 2008. <laughs> yes, uh, by by seven years. Yeah, but I will say or actually more this, more because production. Time. Yeah, that's right. Um, I will say though the the scene in which like they're in someone's apartment and they're like, oh, I guess we can go on the oil rig. Like it's it's humanizing. It's one of the more humanizing mm-hmm. as, uh, bits for those characters. Yeah, um, actually, Pigpen had a funny line there. He's like. Um, it's like I, I I've been doing this for five years and like I, hey let, let me let me look it up I actually have it written down, yeah he's like I, I I was I was good at this well not good I don't know what this really is but it it was familiar yeah. <laughs> that was a good line yeah he's also playing with an axe and then he's like right by the fire and like his arm goes on fire, um like right yes. as he says says that line actually, mm-hmm. yeah, um that was in Rick's house which was a cool building yes. Yeah, we're just we're really reaching we here got to get, this, get this movie out. A, a few nuggets uh, in this film, it was including a poop cool nugget. little, cool little A-frame, um, kind of like Adirondack house house or something. Yeah, it's cool cabin. Um, it's yeah. one of the four sets. Um, it's and it's one of the more interesting ones, I guess. Yeah, the the, the bar sucks. Yeah. the bar does look empty. like the Roadhouse bar, like almost it the does. same. It, I mean, I think th- that was definitely intentional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the the actual bar setup is the exact same mm-hmm. bar setup. Yep. Yep. Damn. Roadhouse and Casablanca. These movies. Spiritual forefathers. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, what else? So what is what, what is the plan they 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 devise? Yeah. So. Um, Rick actually quits towards the end of the movie um, as uh, Mr. Majors brings in his investors and his, his board of directors. Right. Um, the, the rich the people rich that people. are going to invest. Rick realizes yeah. like, ah, oh, fuck this. Like, uh, you know, you're taking over my town and you're making it shit. So he quits. Um, he stops his buddies from getting on the plane and going to Nome, right. Alaska. Um, and they're like, let's uh, let's do what Papa Muntz, who is a guy who you know founded the mountain, um, let's do uh, Papa Muntz's last run. And Papa Muntz was famous for like uh, doing this uh, ski run drunk and uh, with his his pants down or like the butt flap down. Um, yeah. And there's a gigantic statue of that that um, is throughout this movie. Um, so they just like they do crass things. They just wreck shit at the little gathering yeah they they raise hell um they they make it seem like um not a worthy um investment for for the rich people they 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 play up that whole slobs versus snobs caddyshack angle yeah Mm -hmm. um pig pen and inga uh have sex in a gondola a gondola that was actually has a funny setup because um like like when they're when when they refuse to get on the plane to go to to run away and like they're they're playing the the inspirational music and everyone's all the friends are together like we got one last shot at this and we're all gonna do it and we're we're gonna make them proud we're gonna get everything done 
um, Pigpen's moment of like achieving his confidence and, and like living his dream is he walks up to Inga. He's like, yeah, I, I, I've always loved you, but I guess not love you because I barely know you. And we, <laughs> we technically haven't even spoken to each other, but I really want to have sex with you. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, and you think she's offended, but then she's like, you know what? That would piss off my father so much. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. So um, kind of before everybody even gets to the, the, the gala, um, he's like unveiling. He, he says something. And he's like, oh, and you can go up uh, the, the the ski lift in this new gondola. And he reveals the gondola yeah. and they're having sex in it. Um, <laughs> obviously, you don't see anything explicit because it's a PG-13 film. Um, right. Everybody right. is but offended. They're like, oh, oh how improper. Yeah. And then the rest yeah. of the crew comes and they start messing stuff up. Yeah, there's there's like blink 182 blaring yeah. over the soundtrack yeah. there's they, they do tricks and when they do their tricks they knock over like oh the 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 pussy sushi stand right you no know, you can't hack it in alaska and like they shove it over yeah and, like that kind of thing the one interesting or i like this one stunt um so what's his name is it anthony um he always like crashes he always wipes out every time he's on a, a right. snowboard um so and i mean but let's be honest the, the token black character yeah he is the token black character um and he's the last one to go down the slope here he's like they all he counts to three and they all go at three then he like counts to like 20 <laughs> basically um as yeah. they're fucking shit up like we cut back to him once in a while and like he's counting like 10 11 and then we cut back yeah. again he's like 19 20 and he goes and he actually wipes out but then we he does eventually um get to the the little gathering and um he like grinds on a bar uh with his snowboard and he knocks off like the corks to uh, right. champagne and the they champagne all, like, pop up yeah. in the air that was kind of cool that was neat yeah that was neat and they, they actually did that too like i'm sure actually e- even if it was like rigged and they had to like time the campaign shooting to be with the border that's even more impressive in a way because the timing to get that right yeah you know? yeah it's a cool so either, either way stunt. it was it was a cool stunt yeah. um but then yeah they just like they do it they, they, the guy rips up the contract yeah um oh i guess the other thing is um rick tells he tells anna to get aboard that plane and, and we'll always have cancun and right yeah they, they really they really yes. crank up the castle mm-hmm. meter well actually he says we'll always we'll always have pedro hornies <laughs> yes is what he says um yes. yeah um, and then she gets on the the plane with uh barry her husband yeah, yeah. they're kind of like clash traders sort of right because they kind of help the ski bums yeah yeah they, they they i mean they do they explicitly do help um yeah, I guess I guess they're the good rich people. Yeah, of this like movie. Barry does like a flyover of the event, and he gets like way too mm-hmm. close, and people are like, "Oh, oh, oh yeah, exactly, yeah." yeah. Um, we're we're told this is so bad too. We're told in David Keckner's narration that Rick and Rick and Jenny get together. Oh yeah, that's right. We don't we don't even it, see no. them like have the big kiss at the end. Yeah, the last shot of the film is them just like going down the slopes, and then he says it's, that. Well, it, it's them. We get a, we get like a, a shot of the actors on the top of the cliff talking, right? And then suddenly, just immediately cut to helicopter doing more music video stuff of of stuntmen going down the hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he says like, "Oh, these two kids, they got together." R- blah, blah, blah. Rick and Jenny, they got together. And oh, let me tell you, they really got together. Yeah, something like that. 
Um, and then it cuts to bloopers. Like it's just a blooper reel, like maybe a two, three minute blooper reel. <laughs> yep. It's one yep. of those kind of films, um, folks. Yeah. Yes. It, yeah. Not, uh, I, I really didn't like it that much. No. <laughs> if we're not clear. No. Yeah. If we haven't made that clear. <laughs> Um, David Koechner and Zach Galifianakis again, really the best parts of it. Um, even in the, even in the end, the bloopers, like they're the funniest in the bloopers. Even yes, like David Koechner, yes. like literally the last lines of this film, he like he like, starts yelling about like Alan Greenspan controlling the country. Yes, I forgot that. Yes. That was good. Yeah, I I think all of the bloopers focused on that. Yeah. Yeah, because there's this scene. like literally, I, I can't think of any other blooper. Like other other bloopers had other characters, but like yeah. they all focused on those mm, two. Like Jason London falls down a few times, but then there's the um, pretty drawn out scene of Zach Galifianakis doing the bull riding, the mechanical bull riding, when he's dressed like Inga. Because right. we didn't mention this scene, but there's like a scene supposed to be a sexy scene where Inga does bull riding in a very tight right. crop top. Um, right. but he does that in the same outfit and he has like balloons for boobs yeah. he like takes the balloons out and like bites them during this blooper yeah. reel um, that was funny also like that scene the the original scene with Ingo like it was just so poorly shot like even it's supposed to be like titillating it's not like it's just it was shitty the camera work I mean look, looking for good editing or camera work in a comedy is always an interesting challenge but like it, it was noticeably bad yeah. here too it was really bad Oh, and we should mention the best part of this movie, uh, the recurring uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot song, Baby Got Back, yes. Um, yes. and uh, the uh, infamous line, or <laughs> I'm not sure if it's infamous, but it should be, uh, where he says, a lot of simps won't like this song. <laughs> simps is a, for, for you non-Twitter folk out there, Simps is kind of having a renaissance um, lately on, on online on the online discourse um basically means like it's it's another term it, it's synonymous with reply guy yeah mm-hmm. but it was funny it's during the uh, the house party scene and they're all dancing to the song and like that's literally the first lyric when they put it on like i was like wait what that was great that whole party scene was actually kind of interesting it was like the one visually interesting part of the movie mm-hmm. um they do like a lot of um time lapse or or dissolves um from one one bit of action to another just like depicting like how how fun and kind of messy a house party can be yeah mm. it, nothing nothing revolutionary but it was like actually interesting dynamic camera work yeah no i liked it um and like it's this it's just one room so they're just it's a static shot yeah. of like the living room of Pigpen and um zach elfnox's house and then like it's crowded with people and then like it dissolves and there's fewer people it dissolves there's even fewer people as the night goes on and at the end it's just like pig pen and zach elfnox and then there's like a love song playing and they're like hugging and then like then they start beating each other up and then zach elfnox pours beer on pig pen's head and then it dissolves again and like zach elfnox is just like just splayed out on the floor and pig pen picks him up and throws him <laughs> no I-, I thought he was duct taped to the bull Oh, that's at the end. So he picks him up and throws yeah, him, yeah. and then like the next morning, he's duct taped to the mechanical yes, bowl. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So there, there was a fun, fun little visual narration that's like eased along by those camera tricks, the 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 time lapse, which makes it more fun to watch than just lame jokes, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But um, that's really it. I mean, if you're looking for, um, you know some uh, something that's somewhat visually interesting this might not be the film for you uh 
Yeah, watch, watch Casablanca instead. <laughs> <laughs> Snobs versus slobs over here. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, we do have some good workers of note here. Yeah, we do. Um, I, I guess I'll, 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 go, I'll take yeah, these first take ones. The first and then you can take the, yeah. the, the better ones at the end. <laughs> um, we have Don Bell, uh, coordinator for the snow machine. Uh, Chris Davis, snowmaker. And Steve Tressel, assistant snowmaker. Uh, the the snow looks good. Um, it didn't like you. You would think in this kind of movie, it like it. They rely on a lot of fake snow, and I'm sure they yeah. did. But um, it looks fine. Yeah. It looked very believable. I couldn't tell. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Snowmaking is is one of those things. That it's just crazy to me that they do for like a movie as well. Like obviously, yeah, you do snowmaking for like if you work at a resort you have to make snow mm. but then like there's some movies like um uh the great silence which is a an italian um spaghetti western like they had to make literally like all the snow and my understanding is they made a lot of it with like shaving cream and that's just like bonkers to me that's wild yeah. that's all shit that's a shaving, shit cream. shaving cream they had to make the majority of the foam uh, or the the snow for fargo is fake snow um that's what that's yeah. wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Sam Raimi has a film. Um, I forget what it's called, but um, because he's such good friends with the Coen Brothers, like he got tips on how to like shoot in the snow from yes. the Coen Brothers after they did Fargo. Um, That's great. So yeah, it's it's such a strange like aspect of filmmaking that we have to like make mm-hmm. fake snow um, for these movies, and it's not like you just make fake snow for like one set. It's like some of these movies you're making fake snow for like these gigantic you know like wide shots as well so you have to do a lot of fake yeah. snow well i mean i imagine j- just based on like what we see in this movie like th- there are so many like sweeping helicopter shots of the snowboarding th- that's there's no way that's all fake no, like, that yeah. is real nature some has to be real, real snow. for sure yeah i i imagine for this movie it, it seems like it was filmed on location um probably i imagine yeah I, I i imagine it's just for a lot of the close-up shots or like the comedy bits that re- that rely on snow that they need that yeah. for or at least like the the major sets like um you know the a-frame house the the town like the main street of the town i bet like that's all fake snow stuff yeah ex- ex- exactly that kind yeah. of thing like um there's one part where where zach galifianakis is running along the roof of the oh, bar yeah. and it, it's he's running through snow i'm sure they had to throw snow up there mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah, snowmakers, three of them, uh, pretty cool. Uh, we also have um, <laughs> this guy's name is great. His name is Rob Slogo Boyce. Yeah, he is the snowboard coordinator. Um, I wanted to include the stunt people, but there's like fifty of them, so I'll just say yeah. general kudos to this to the to the stunt people. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, this guy uh, coordinated all the stunt. Um, snowboarding so that's cool straight up straight up really good job yeah. on all of the snowboarding aspects uh and then this guy the last guy here uh sean <laughs> kearns uh and his title is extreme consultant yeah. so i don't know what that means but i don't know if that's the little brother of another crew member <laughs> and um or i don't know what's going on yeah. with extreme consulting but it's I, all i can think of is like x games and like extreme like sports like that's the most i can think of yeah, maybe, maybe like they wanted to get popular snowboard like gear brands involved in everything, and maybe like the the visual depiction of 
I don't know, like 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 I was saying, like Brandon. Right. I really can't think of it of a prominent example, yeah. though. There's a shot in um, the house in Jason's house where on the coffee table there's a, a Vans uh, shoebox. Right. That's all I can yes. think of. But probably like if you know snowboards and you know snowboard brands, like you probably will see some of these snowboards, and there might even be just sure. logos that other people would recognize, um, and that'd be yep. enough probably. So, yep. yeah, maybe this guy had something to do with that. Maybe he was also a stunt coordinator. I really have no idea. But uh, his title is Extreme <laughs> Consultant. So Extreme Consultant. <laughs> uh, so, closing thoughts. Um, recommendations here. Broke, woke, bespoke, as we do. Um, broke one. I'm going to take an easy one here. Um, Zach Galifianakis or, or David Koechner fans. Um, they're out there. I myself do like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm a casual David Koechner enthusiast, I guess. <laughs> Um, but if you're, if you're a completionist for these, for these, um, comedic actors, this is a very, a, a relatively early role for both of them, um, that you, you probably haven't heard of and and they're both funny in it. So, yeah. Yeah. I second that. Our woke recommendation is uh, for cinema bros. Um, you know, if you're kind of a, a casual cineast or a casual cinephile cineast, yeah, cineast, it's a word. It means it's wow. the same thing as cinephile. Cineast. Cineast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, cineast. That's uh, yes, that's it. I'm gonna start using that. Uh, it's spelled like C I N E A S T E. Cineast. Okay. Yeah, cineast. Uh, so if you're a cineast or a cinephile, uh, words that no normal human being uses. Um, <laughs> And uh, I don't know, you just recently saw Casablanca and you were on IMDb and the connections part at IMDb yes. and you're like, oh man, there's a movie that's sort of an adaptation, a, a ski comedy adaptation. Uh, then I guess this movie's for you. If you want to just like get the references throughout, you know, spot the reference, um, it's pretty easy. If, if you have friends with big dumb guy energy who actually, who, who really like movies, you could show this to them and like see how long it takes them to put the dots together. <laughs> I mean, I think after the, if all the ski, all the bars and all the ski towns in the world line, right, I think that'd be right. pretty obvious after that, but I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, our bespoke recommendation is for aging millennial fail sons who, um, who just need something else to throw on the TV in the background as they, as they get drunk and play first person shooters on the computer. Um, cause it has, it has big energy for that. That, that was me. Like, like, like we were talking about in the beginning of this episode. Um, and this, this movie would definitely hit that sweet spot of you can give it 20% of your attention during loading screens or something. And maybe you'll see a funny big poop joke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say this, this bespoke recommendation was, uh, almost exactly our broke recommendation for mixed nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that is true your lived um, experience of just watching these things in the background <laughs> yeah but like the, this movie definitely deserves it way more than mixed nuts and i'm glad we changed it for mixed nuts yeah yeah that's true um th- this movie has extremely strong fail son like specifically fail sons our age energy yeah mm-hmm, definitely i mean i don't think people our age have seen mixed nuts i mean <laughs> Whereas, I, mean, I, hope not. I think <laughs> there's probably, you know, a few people in the audience who, who've seen Out Cold or familiar with it. Sure. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, there's people in the world. 
84% of the, what is it? 80, yeah, 84% of the, yeah. <laughs> of the cinema going public is aware of this movie. Well, it's crazy because it's it. 47,000 user ratings. That's a, a not insignificant number of right? people. I thought that was crazy. The tomato meter is only like 50 actual reviews. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't surprise me either. No, no. I mean, yeah, 2001 tomato uh rotten tomatoes just got started in 1999 so right. yeah it's i guess for for the future here going forward um keeping in mind the irrevoc- irrevocable uh march of um global warming and the steadily rising temperatures um ski comedy movies will become obsolete soon um so we don't have to think about <laughs> these kinds of movies anymore you know because all those ski comedies that were made in the 2010s <laughs> yes well there was I mean, exactly, time yeah, machine but that was like a deliberate throwback yes. to this kind yeah, of thing. Exactly. But like that's that film will never be made again or a film that takes place in a snowy locale. We might have to do Hot Tub Time Machine too. Oh, I forgot there's because, the second one. Yeah. Yeah. Um I saw the first one. That that's one of the most cynical movies I've ever seen in my hmm. life. Um like dog shit and just bad, but also like straight up cynical and everything it's about. Um I would be I would be interested like morbidly interested to see what they do with the second one nice all right well we can't do it next because <laughs> i don't want to do we need a long yeah. break before we do that <laughs> next year folks <laughs> join us for our second episode yeah. of 2021 um if we're all here which is the way we ended our last episode but i think that's how we're gonna have to end each episode from now on <laughs> that's that's the that's the theme of the season <laughs> i think going forward um so yeah um if you uh, have nothing to do in uh, your day-to-day life and uh, you want to spend like two to three bucks on uh, various streaming services um, or if you have a local (laughs) library that has a robust uh, dvd collection uh watch out cold folks uh don't watch out cold (laughs) folks and we'll see you next time (laughs) we'll see you next time